Damn you, Chase Legler. I just want to say one thing, too, to all of our fans and, and customers for, for all the support and love that you do show us. It, it means a lot. I, I think the too long didn't read version of what Luke just went on was that... our way to say that that we love you guys and we appreciate what everyone's going through and uh you know we're, we're all in this together all right we're back sonder stories chapter whatever season two i've done trying i'm done trying to keep counting. 46 and for the, real the only reason i know that is because i just got done with 45 yeah there we go yeah. uh so f- chapter 46 uh is family tradition yeah um, probably for me, the coolest beer we've done, um, given the backstory, the beer is, uh, delightful, which we'll get into here in a little bit. Um, we have a jam packed cast of characters here. Boy, um, do we, <laughs> I mean, what a crew we've got, uh, obviously P and P and myself. Um, that was really weird to say together. P and P and myself. We've got Danny Harold. Well, you said it fast enough that it felt like an ing instead of an an. So like you're pnping yourself as if it's like a verb. Don't nope. Don't like that. I kind of nope. do. I'm certainly not pnping myself. Nope. Don't like that. Uh, to your right, we've got Matt Weiss, uh, Jeff Parker, uh, everyone's favorite podcast star, Chase Legler. To my right, and then on the phone. Uh, by the way, socially distanced, safe here. Uh, and then, uh, for even more safety measure and for effect, uh, we've got my dad, Dave. Say hi. Hi, guys. <laughs> we got him to talk. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we got Luke Shropshire on the phone as well. Luke, what's up? Hey, guys. Uh, we are we are good, and uh, we are ready to talk about um, probably. Um, I already said it's probably my favorite beer just because of backstory, but, uh, it tastes incredible. Um, Chase and Luke, why don't you guys just first off, just tell us about the beer itself. So it's a giant, uh, is it fair to say Imperial stout? I mean, I I never really know what the guidelines are of that. Yeah. It's a big Imperial stout, um, with lacking some caramel though to it. Okay. So we didn't put a lot of caramel malt into it, um, which was a decision that Luke and I made. Um, actually, I think we were driving to we were driving to St. Louis, and we kind of hashed out this beer on the way there. I think so, was it? The- uh, no, that was October. Oh, it was. Huh? <laughs> Had a few beers since then, Chase. <laughs> Similar beers. I thought we. I, th- I thought we called Jared Jankowski on the way up and talked about the family tradition beer. Yeah, that was, that was about how much meat it used in the October Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Yeah. That's close. So, uh, so why the lack of caramel? No, this, 
Uh, just to kind of bring out the spiciness, um, you know, we put it in Willet rye barrels, so it's kind of got a nice spice kick to it, and then I think it kind of helps balance the uh, the residual sugar that's left over in the beer. Um, yeah, so... Oh, keep going, Luke. Sorry about that. Yeah, the way uh, the beer was designed was, um, it was pretty much, it was a cut, um, it was uh, based off of one of the south and my south. Um, we cut the caramel malt, just a lot of the roast come out, kind of hit the barrel. Um, didn't realize there's no really need for caramel. Um, when you're going to a barrel-aged beer, you kind of want a little rough around the edges, so you can allow that. Uh, already natural vanilla and somewhat caramel from the bourbon to kind of round it out. Um, so going overboard with the extra malt is kind of not necessary. Um, and then with the roast, with the extra roast, it kind of helps with the char of the oak barrel. Um, so, you know, therefore you're kind of getting a little bit of whammy, but on top of it sitting in the barrel and oxidizing a little bit, the, uh, the roast starts to fall off. Um, and it kind of melts out with the, with the actual chocolatey characters you can get from a roasted barley. You'd never get it because it's an astringent um, uh, high roast on the on the overall malt. Yeah, and it it uh, thanks for that background. I think that that really helps uh, for the the recipe itself. Um, this was something Chase for for you and I, um, and we'll get into this here in a little bit. But it, it, we were we were seeking a certain. Uh, flavor and style and, and what we wanted for this beer to be a, a big stout. Um, you kind of took your spin off of some other uh, widely known uh, stouts out there and you kind of took some creative liberties there with, with obviously with Luke as well. And, and what was, what's awesome about this beer is you take this, you take it, it's, fermented you throw it in barrels and then so this year and, and we've kind of talked about for the future we'll change what those barrels are um you guys have already brewed next year's uh we'll be throwing that into barrels soon which will rest for approximately 12 months just like this one did um and and it will change a little bit every year the recipe won't but the, but the barrels will um and uh what's really cool about this is so we have will it rye barrels for this year yeah, let's uh, go over the variants. Yeah, yeah. So we've got Willet rye barrels. You also had port wine barrels. Um, so that's two. And, w- well, for the Willet barrels specifically, mm-hmm. um, as a group, and I was a part of it a little bit, but, but mainly the four of y'all, uh, Matt, Jeff, uh, Chase, and Luke, you guys had multiple sessions of days where you were pulling this out of the barrel a little bit at a time, blending them with other barrels to find out what our base, just bourbon barrel, family tradition beer would be a blend of between barrels. Mm-hmm. Talk about that process a little bit and, and what that was like. Because this isn't just, hey, we, we brewed this beer, we threw it in barrels, we drained it, and here it is. I mean, this is, the, the, and we'll talk about, to Danny, to your point, we'll talk about what we did with the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but these, these, this base, will it rye family tradition is a blend of y'all's favorite barrels, Right. Correct. Yeah, I mean, like, when you when you look at the barrels, it's kind of like when you're blending sour beers, how we kind of approach it. You have your outliers, and then you have your money barrels. Um, the difficulty about this was there are some that had really good aspects behind it that uh, we personally knew would be better for a specific adjunct, uh, adjunct beer. And then we had some that are a little thin. Then, you know, we would then take our two favorites, we'd blend them together, and it would just it would be too much. 
and then we would take probably a barrel that was a little lacking in one aspect, and you had a barrel with a higher uh, character that was kind of overlapping the other aspect that wasn't there with the other barrel, and then it rounded out to be a, big, a bigger, fuller body. So you would take one that would have more of a spicier ride to it, and then you would take one that has more of a maple syrup, uh, kind of like a fudgy character. Um, standing by themselves, cool. Combine those two together, then you're really bringing out both the, uh, the best of both worlds. You're bringing out that spice, that fudge, that maple. Then you're bringing out the esters that come out from the fermentation of the beer, but then also when it's going through the heat, um, the heat pro- uh, the process of the aging in our, in our brewery with, um, all the steam pipes that we have, uh, during the winter, I'm sorry, during the summertime, those, uh, the barrels can probably reach up around 90 degrees. I mean, in the winter times, they're probably getting down around 50. You're putting a lot of stress and age on that beer, but then you're also pulling a lot of character from that oak. So even though when we tried, you know, when Jeff and I tried them during the quarantine, they were great. And then we tried them a little bit later, probably three months later with the team, Jeff, Chase, Matt, and myself, and they were really good. And then when we did the final blend, they were 100% different from what they were when we first started taking the notes from the very beginning. Um, and, you know, being able to find those two that match, even though you have the two sweetest barrels, uh, you, when I say sweetest, like the two money barrels, that doesn't mean they're going to be the best when you blend them together. Uh, it's kind of like when you make a sour, you want to take something that has a desirable aspect of it and then have it complement the other barrel that has a very nice aspect to it, so it has a nice marriage. Just having two of the best things together doesn't really make the best marriage, but when you make two different things that have aspects and make each other shine, as well as one with the body that's a little bit thicker versus one that has a little bit of a thinner body to kind of come between with that intermediate body of a nice, just overall, uh, fair and, uh, not syrupy, but, um, you know, heavy enough to sit on your palate and, uh, kind of salivate a little bit. You know, that's, that's what we were all kind of shooting for. And a lot of the thinner ones too could be, you know, more adapted to adjuncting because you get more of that sugar character going on as well. Um, yeah, it was fun tasting these barrels. I, He's got a, towards the end of them, it's, it's, it's tough because my notes just go completely down the drain. <laughs> like, like just, this one I, is good. Yeah, I, I look back at my notes, I can, I, can t- I can just completely tell, like, yeah, I kind of just quit taking notes at a certain point. <laughs> the handwriting gets worse yeah. as you go. <laughs> you can't even read it. And, and how many, for context, how many different barrels were there? there was, five. Five, okay. Question for you guys. So uh, I guess a, a statement, too. It makes sense now that I've heard it, but I've never I never realized that you know it didn't make I don't know why but I never thought it through. But barrel aging beers like it didn't recognize with me that you know the barrel like each barrel is different, right? Even though it's the same beer, same barrel, well same style barrel. Like it didn't really connect with me that oh yeah these might be different. So to get a consistent product, you do have to blend and like pick your money barrels and you know figure out the ones you want to adjunct as well that's a really cool mix but i'm curious so if you're brewing a beer exclusively to go into barrels what's the difference with that process then if you're just going for a straight clean beer that you release after fermentation and you know in the bright tank etc what one thing that we didn't uh talk about this beer either is that it does have um at least a six hour boil. It's a little bit longer because our loudering is, mm-hmm. is pretty slow. Um, so it does get boiled for six hours. Um, but with a lot of time, it's probably closer to like seven, seven and a half, mm-hmm. probably closer to eight actually technically. But um, for the non brewer people out there, that's a long time. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I was about to say, you know, dad, when we used to uh, homebrew all the time, I mean, 
all of ours were, you know, about six or seven hours too. I mean, that's well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. knocking out with two, <laughs> two gallons. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I mean, typically for context, in all seriousness, yeah. it's 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 an hour. Yeah, I mean, an hour to ninety yeah. minute boil. It depends on you know the type of yeah. kettle you have, but yeah, an, an hour, hour and a half is pretty traditional. Um, but yeah, but so so that boil obviously leads to evaporation of water, so you're concentrating the uh, the wort. Uh, so, you know, I think having a large uh, uh, degrees Play-Doh going into it needs needs to have that backbone, that body for residual sugars. Otherwise, it does thin out and it becomes a little bit acronym. I think uh, that's one of my pet peeves with with uh, barrel-aged beers is just like the thin ones. I've, I've never liked the thin, you know, the thinner uh, barrel-aged beers. I, um, I've never really cared for them. They're just a little bit uh, not really complex and a little bit the booziness kind of comes out and shows more, especially when you're dealing, you know, with 13 to 15% um, alcohol. But I think that residual uh, sugar, uh, like Luke touched on too, the uh, the roast kind of coming out uh, to combat with uh, the sugar as well. Because you don't want it to be cloyingly sweet either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think those are pretty important. Um, having a decent bitter backbone, but not having it overdone either. And then, you know, just the the barreling itself you know making sure that you don't have a whole lot of yeast uh coming over because you get a little bit of unami flavor if you if you do pull over too much yeast into the barrels um so the recipe itself is is relatively straightforward i guess except for the uh, the very long boy well, it's, a little, it's a little different a yeah. little different i mean we're going, we're going a little bit higher on some of these specialty malts on purpose uh yeah. you know yeah it wouldn't be a, uh, I mean, it, it, it'd be a little bit of a confusing beer if you just sold it as is um it'd be a good beer but it'd just be a little bit probably heavy on on some of the specialties and uh, the sugar would be definitely heavy because you need that ethanol to kind of break that down and and to thin it out a little bit more which makes sense i mean it, it, it to luke's point when he's talking about how y'all are tasting it i mean it it changes so much as it's the longer it's in the barrel um so, so are you planning for that like are you are you are you brewing a beer specifically to like have that year long aging process in a barrel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I would argue that the timing is a little bit subjective. Um, you know, I, th- I, th- I think barreling a, a beer to 12 months definitely has its benefits. Um, but I also think there's benefits too, for just doing a quick, mm-hmm. you know, eight week, 12 week uh, barrel process as well, because you do get a decent amount of extraction out of it. Yeah. Um, but there is something to be said about, you know, aging it for a year and you're having more evaporation and just more, a little bit more flavor complexity is going on. One of my favorite barrel aged beers that I try and get my hands on whenever I can is uh, Allagash Carew. It's I think it's aged in uh, Fre- French oak, right? Yeah, French oak for like eight weeks. Yeah, but it's just a Belgian style beer that they do a quick barrel on. You get like light oak character, but it's just they're. It's kind of like it's almost like Allagash White in barrels. It's, yeah, it's a little bit different, yeah. but super uh, good. I actually would be kind of interested to see what Luke's opinion on this is, but I would never go out of my way to age a beer in, in French oak. It's just uh, American oak is always uh, brings out more vanilla and more complexities, where French is just a little bit uh, boring and more drying. Um, is it sure like Luke spritzier? The French oak? Mm-hmm. Uh, spritzier? Um, yeah, so uh, I would go French oak, actually. It really just depends on the process of the barrel. So when you're looking at Wine barrels and uh, bourbon barrels, you're looking at toasters with char. So French oak is toasted. American oak is charred. I would love to try a French oak barrel that's been charred versus toasted. Who knows what the flavor would come out of that? I haven't really heard or seen any brews that do that. Um, you know, with uh, 
uh, with the sherry barrel going just in a single toast, there's definitely a huge difference in the overall character versus a regular bourbon barrel um, in the sense that um, there's, a nice, there's a lot of softness of like an OB tannin characteristic to it. Uh, kind of reminds me of somewhat of, um, not in the sense of the sour beer, that's what it's like, more of a red wine. So when you have a red wine, you have a, a big, bold, spicy, typically, um, you know, character from that oak. And that's something that's actually kind of then going towards the palate that we have in the barrel. Um, I think also with the barrel age, I think there is benefit with going a little bit longer on, on specific barrels too, especially on like someone that's toasted because when you're looking at such a thick beer, it takes a long time for all that flavor to kind of intertwine because um, you're looking at how viscous it is, how much residual sugar there is. So you can't really get everything within like a couple of weeks. You really want to get that oak kind of little saturated and kind of go like with um, how bourbon sits and it goes through seasons. I think some of our best barrels are, well, with the barrels that we've done, they've all been over a year old. And specifically the brandy, you know, you really start picking up a lot more density with it after it sits for a lot longer and that brandy kind of intermingles. Because, you know, think brandy is a fortified wine that's just built down. Um, and it does have a residual sweetness. But to go back to the original point, um, yeah, I think it'd be cool to do a French oak barrel if it was charred. Um, we just did a toasted one. It's definitely different. Definitely reminds me more of a wine character, a wine barrel characteristic um, versus a bourbon barrel characteristic on the uh, pork barrel family tradition. Uh, but I think it'd be cool. I mean, I think it'd be cool to get what is that? Uh, what is that? Paleo salto, palo salto wood that um, Doctor Shed uses for their palo salto IPA. Why not? I mean, I think any kind of wood would be cool. Chestnut. Um, I mean, a lot of places are doing that and interstates and. Uh, try to get a little bit more complexity versus just using the American oak uh, single tradition, you know? I think it's really cool, too, that uh, this was another thing that I didn't really put two and two together. I'm learning a lot from these guys every day that I work here. But the idea of, like, barrels going through the seasons as well. So, like, you know, the hot months, it expanding a bit, and the cold months, it getting a bit smaller kind of brings out different layers of the oak. So, the year is like kind of a weird benchmark that a lot of people throw out for barrel aging beers, but it kind of gets a full season life scale out of, you know, the hot and cold months, which is cool. Yeah, and I think that... Yeah, because a lot of places, I mean, some places will start aging in the wintertime on purpose because they want to kind of get more of the oak character to come out first. Mm. Uh, and then when the winter, when the summertime comes around, the spores are starting to open up and the bourbon start to come out. And then the second you kind of time it, how much more character do you want from this? Do you have enough oak? How old is that barrel? Is it a four-year-old barrel? Is it a three-year-old barrel? If it's a three or four-year-old barrel, now you're going to get a lot more oak character, a lot more tannin because that oak, um, that bourbon hasn't stripped all of that character. You know, you're going for a 12, 13, 14-year-old barrel. You're going to have to let that thing sit for a little bit more because if you really want those dark, you know, those caramels, those, those uh, light coconut and the vanilla and then from that oak, you got to let it really sit and intermingle and really intertwine with all the different fibers of the wood. So if you're doing like these younger barrels or four month, four year old barrels, you know, film in the wintertime, you get all that oak character. Summertime comes around, pours open up, you get a lot more of that bourbon flavor. Boom, done, went right here, this is where we want it, this is what we're shooting for. And then, you know, depending on the size of your program, what you're doing, if you're just trying to do a big batch and you're going to do an adjunct, basically all those 12, 14, whatever barrels, those are all going to be pretty much the same. You know, you're going to hit your exact same flavor, flavor characteristic. Um, I think with us, it's a lot different because um, we're trying to hit, you know, uh, different flavor characteristics, but also how we can show and change from one base, from, say, the family tradition base to the auto base that's parallel um, but also with the adjuncts that are added to it and then the added complexity that that oak can get into it. So 
Um, you know, it, it's really a timing game, but it's also really comes down to the age of the barrel. Yeah, I think, you know, you talk about seasonings too. I mean, they're one thing we haven't even brought up either, which is kind of a rabbit hole of itself that I'm not certainly an expert of, but it's, it's the seasoning of the wood itself. Um, you know, I know that uh, American uh, definitely goes through a different seasoning process than uh, what the French oak uh, goes through. And I think that leads to a lot of uh, characteristics and, and really quality of the barrel itself, but also the flavors that, uh, that progresses as the beer ages. Um, so I think if the seasoning of the wood itself is, b- before it's even you know, brought to a cooper to become a, a barrel, uh, just the seasoning of the wood kind of brings out a lot of different characters. And you know, that's something that you know, brewers don't really have any really part of, I guess. We're just kind of limited to purchasing through distillers who are definitely more involved in, in that process, which I think would be kind of fun for us to, to maybe get you know, a little bit more into with, with actual coopers in the drying process. Well, hopefully, at some point, we have um, different potential access on site uh, to barrels, spirit barrels, and other things that we uh, we can experiment with. Hopefully, in the um, future. Yeah, at some point, hopefully. Um, the cool thing about these also is that by the time you guys are getting these barrels, they've been dumped, a lot of these have been dumped within you know, hours in some cases, and they get to our facility and they're filled really quickly. So they're very fresh. Um, yeah. You guys are going through. Well, we should we should actually let the uh, the listeners know what Luke is doing right now. Oh, that's where he's at. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, Luke, oh, yeah, Luke, uh, what are you doing? I'm right? on a, we're on our way up. Uh, my buddy Nate Sissel and myself are on our way up from uh, hey, guys. Hey, uh, Nate, Nate, did you say hi? Yeah, I'm hey, here. Hey, Nate, how's it going? <laughs> Good. We, we got the freshly done bourbon barrels in the truck here. That's awesome. We have a secret uh, guest on the show. Love yeah. <laughs> Nate Bissell from Bissell Maple Farms. What's up, dude? So y'all are Hi, y'all are driving with uh, freshly dumped bourbon barrels in the vehicle as you speak, correct? Yeah. You can, you can always hear them talking. Yeah. So yeah, so it's 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 aptly fitting um, that we're doing this podcast right now, um, and and that's uh, that's also unique. You know, we have the ability because of where we're located, so close to Bourbon Country, that you know we can uh, hop in a truck, drive down, pick up barrels that were dumped within you know hours, and and get them up here and, and have them filled really quickly. So, and that certainly uh, applies to this beer as well. Um, so we have the Willet Rye. We also have a port wine barrel, which I'm trying as we speak. Um, Dude, the, the differences between the delightful. two are incredible. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, it, it um, show like that's a cool thing for consumers that they're gonna see that. Hey, we didn't adjunct these two variants. They were just simply put into very different barrels, and that's how you get the very unique flavors of like this French port barrel versus you know the Willet Rye bourbon barrel. That's super cool. It's it's uh it's unbelievable. Um, both beers are incredible. They're incredibly different. The um, color is even a little different on this. It like kind of has a little bit more red character. I feel like. Yeah, it, yeah. It, and it it does drink a little bit. There's a little character of of red wine that you get out of it. That Absolutely. is. Um, I think it's almost a little, very tannic. A little thinner than than what the pure will it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's not as thick, but it has more of the like. Uh, 
like the acidity bite to it. I feel like yeah. that you like kind of yeah, get from wine. The, the tannic at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. So um, the right plumminess of it all is mm-hmm. delightful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's it's. So very, very good. That's um, one check on my uh, Sondra Stories bingo card is a sex joke from Jeff. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds about right. I actually didn't even catch it till you just brought it up. I yep. was just, you know, you know swollen plums. Oh, I, I know. I'm well aware. I'm, I'm keeping well aware. my bingo card filled over here. Yeah. I can't um, wait for the next uh, uh, fretboards um, uh, battle of the, the bands. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> oh boy. Let's just keep powering through right now. Um, we also have we also have three adjuncts, uh, so three variants of the base Willet that we um, will be releasing in bottles as well. So um, we have a bananas Foster, so a a Willet Willet Rye barrel aged uh, bananas Foster. Is it bananas Foster or banana Fosters? So as far as banana fosters goes, Haley like leaned over to me during the steam meeting and she's like, Is there an apostrophe in bananas? And I was like, I don't think the banana owns the foster. It might and, own the foster, and, Danny. And she, she got real mad at me. She's <laughs> like, All right, grammar nerd. I was like, I'm horrible at grammar, but it was a funny joke. I just don't know if it's banana fosters or bananas foster. No, no, it's bananas foster. Bananas foster. Yeah, it's plural. it's just plural. Why I don't get it. What do you mean you don't get it? I understand the difference between plural and plural possessive. I just don't know why it's called bananas foster. There's multiple bananas. There, there doesn't have to be. It could be banana foster. It could be. There's one banana in this. It's a banana foster. (laughs) Who the hell is foster to begin with? Exactly. Right? Why are we? What what, what is foster? The the banana doesn't own the foster. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, we have a bananas foster version, which is uh, it's. It's using pureed bananas mm-hmm. um, and um, some some other stuff. Wild Thai bananas. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. real bananas. There you go. Um, and Luke did a great job sourcing all of that, and, and it is uh, – we haven't tried that one yet today, although I've tried it before. So good. And it is uh, so good. Well, oh, we have a bottle of it. Let's, that, that was a tough one. Luke was working hard on those yeah. bananas, and we got in a couple versions that just weren't good enough. That's, That's awesome. And it's got to be good enough. I love that. Exactly. Yep. Uh, let's crack that bottle, by the way. Uh, by the way, I know my dad is just sitting over in Indiana right now while we're drinking this, and he's just pissed that he doesn't get to yeah. try any of this right now. Well, you shouldn't come over, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dave, if you hustle, we can still probably get you on here live. And then we have a cinnamon habanero. Mm-hmm. So uh, that one uh, actually hasn't even been bottled yet, so I haven't tried that. That um, one's putting me in a pretzel, too. I have no idea how that's going to taste. I can't wait. I can't wait. We're still mixing up the habanero right now as, uh, as we're speaking, so it's still going down that's there. That's pretty trying awesome. To, trying to extract all that heat out of there. Yeah. I'm stoked. I, I really I think it's a bad idea to go in there and probably breathe in the air, right? <laughs> <laughs> you could probably get drunk off that. <laughs> um, and be spiced up. Right. Um, and then we have a uh, coconut macaroon-like... Uh, macadamia. Uh, yeah, macadamia. macadamia. So it's macadamia... Uh, with coconut, and it is, uh, I know that is a lot of people's favorite. I want to go on record here saying that my ideal way to go out of this life is to be drowned in that beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It is very, very it, good. Oh, my God. We, and, we don't have a low fill of one of those uh, for whatever right. reason. Yeah, I wonder why. Weird. <laughs> to all of our listeners, if you're not into macadamia, I will trade you or pay a premium for your macadamia bottle because we only get one. 
<laughs> the shit is so good. Yeah. We've we've done this mix previously before, and it turned out extremely well. But we only did it in crowlers for a very small amount That's of time. Right. And, and now we barrel aged it, and so it wasn't barrel aged before. Oh my gosh! And even with yeah. the barrel aging, the body doesn't thin at all. It's an amazing representation of this beer. Oh, okay. It really is. But that was the base of this beer. It's kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. We don't, uh, and that was before know. we had the family tradition brand, so mm-hmm. we called it Macadamia Tears. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind now of, it's kind of playing off a previous or a current brand for mm-hmm. us. Yeah, um, I, don't right. even, I don't even like nuts that much. Like I don't. And you also love almond praline. Yeah. As almond well, praline is my favorite auto too. I don't get yeah. it. I don't actually like macadamia that that much for for like my nuts. Yeah, I, that's like my least favorite nut. I certainly don't like almonds either. Uh, macadamia is probably my favorite. Nut. Yeah, I know. It's just. I don't know. Maybe it's you just do love nuts, Danny. I don't. I give it a try all the time. There's another sex bingo for you. Yeah. yeah. Danny loves nuts. <laughs> it's, only, it's only on my bingo card when Jeff says it, yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> it's, normally, it's, it's an easier bingo chip. When <laughs> I think you're well, that's just you. a gimme, really. <laughs> that's the free space. It's the middle one. A yeah. nut joke. That's the free space. Uh, so let's talk about the brand a little bit, um, and this is the part that I'm obviously super excited about and the reason that my dad is on the podcast with us. Um, so as the story goes, uh, and as it, as it uh, has, has become known, uh, for many, many years now, um, for several years, um, on Thanksgiving... Uh, Black Friday... Yeah, well, on Thanksgiving, uh, at the end of the day God on Thanksgiving. Oh, really? Um, I thought those were Black Friday, Friday releases. Hey, can I? Let me just tell the story. Oh, sorry, here. <laughs> I'm interrupting. <laughs> so on Thursday, uh, my wife Liz and uh, oftentimes my mom would join because we we would be with them uh, late in the day on Thanksgiving. They would run out and they would go grab. Uh, they would go shopping come back late and then uh, early in the morning, so sometime at like 2 or 3 in the morning on Black Friday, uh, my dad and I would, would go out and we would go try to hunt Bourbon County, uh, Goose Island, Bourbon County down. And uh, for a couple of years in a row, uh, we found it in bottles uh, or draft, never both, because um, we kind of have to make the commitment, either we're going to go wait in line, we're going to get the bottles, and then you miss the draft or whatever, and, um, and it just became this tradition for us. And, and then as it became more widely available, we, would get, we, we wouldn't even have to get up so early because it became more and more readily available. And we would go at 7 in the morning or whatever to the, to the shop that my dad spends in, uh, incredibly too much time and money, I would imagine, <laughs> in, in, uh, buying, buying bourbon and beer. Uh, we would go there, and then we would go and try to find it on draft after. And... and had a lot of success for multiple years, and it just became a tradition for us. And um, so when we started the brewery, this was one of the conversations I had with Chase. And, and I did a pretty good job keeping it a secret. I don't think you knew about this, did you, until pretty No, recently. I didn't. Uh, no, I did not. Um, and uh, I told Chase very early on that uh, I wanted to brew a beer, his version of what Bourbon County is, um, and release it on Black Friday uh, and, and pay homage to this tradition that my dad and I have had for now multiple years. And, um, and to take it a step further even to that, um, I, had, I spoke, uh, it was probably two months ago now, I, I had my mom try to uh, find a way to have my dad write uh, the words family tradition on a piece of paper and send it to us 
so that Jen could superimpose that onto our label and have that be the font. And I actually haven't heard from you. Did you know why she was having you write that? No, I didn't. I, did, no. What did you think? How random is that? Hey, can you write the words? Yeah, exactly. And just give it to me. Would you? <laughs> She, she said it's she like, didn't think you, you don't had know how any to spell idea. it or what. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. She pro- you probably you probably could have played that off that that she didn't know how to spell yeah. it. That's probably true. <laughs> God love you, mom. But it's 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 true. Yeah, all know yep. it's true. Pomegranate. <laughs> Pomegranate. Pomegranate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, my favorite story, uh, since this is a private podcast and not uh, broadcast nationally on radio or anything, we can talk about it. Um, my favorite story uh, from our runs on Black Friday, uh, this was probably the second or third year we had found it on draft. And it was, I think it was the first year they did the vanilla. And we, uh, we went and got it in bottles. Then we went to a, play, a meadery in Indy called New Day Meadery. And we got this uh, mead that they, they make called Imperial Breakfast Magpie. We got in line for that. And then we found right down the street a bar that was tapping all of the variants at 10 a.m. And so we, we hurry over there. We park the car. What we didn't know at the time was where we parked the car was one-hour parking. It's uh, on a pretty up-and-coming street in Indianapolis called Mass Ave. And so it's, it's, it's a think like OTR in Cincinnati, right? It's, it's a very heavily trafficked Vine Street-like place. And so we park the car, and we go in. And uh, lo and behold, four hours later, we've drank all the variants. We're, we're having a good time. And all of a sudden, we're like, we should probably go, you know, and – and uh, and head back home, you know. And uh, we get in the car. We get half. <laughs> we get halfway home, uh, which is probably like six or seven miles, maybe a little more than that. We get halfway home, and all of a sudden, my dad just starts. Do you remember? You remember this, don't you? Oh yeah, I remember. He he's <laughs> just starts dying laughing, and and he's dying laughing because he looks up. And on the windshield, in the windshield wiper, is a parking ticket that's just flapping right on the window. Right. That <laughs> <laughs> we didn't catch until we were halfway home. <laughs> and then, and then after that, we're like, you know what? We shouldn't go home. And we ended up going to another brewery for like another hour and a half. That's awesome. And then by the time we got home, it was like eight p.m. or something like that. It was. It, it was a great day. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, um, that's that's my favorite story about this tradition. The cool thing about being able to do it now, and the reason I wanted to do this is because of the brewery now, um, he and I haven't been able to do that for the last two years. So it's cool now. You can have your family tradition here. That's right. That's right. Um, and it was going to be really awesome this year because I was going to have them come and get in line here, um, you know, super early and do a bottle share, and we were just going to do the same thing here. And now, you know, because of the Rona, because of the vid, uh, we've got to change it, and it'll be an online release. But uh, it doesn't mean we can't we can't pivot a little bit and have some fun with it. But for sure, um, it's a it's it's super cool, and I'm I'm really proud of it. It's a super special thing for me. So what are we drinking? Which so now we've got the bananas Foster. It's absurd. Um, it's very very good, very good. You guys are cruel, you know it. <laughs> 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 yeah, we, I was to say we wish you were here. Um, so, is there anything else um, about this beer in particular uh, that that anyone that you would like anyone to know? I think the so I have two things. You know, all of our beers have stories to varying degrees, right? 
some of them like really hit home. Some of them are named after like people in our lives or, you know, after specific instances, or some of them are just like funny mistakes or just like weird stories like Birdwatcher, Operation Steam. Those are my two like favorite, like funny stories that we talk about. But to have our, you know, this is going to be our big barrel release on Black Friday every year to like have it be this grounded into a story that means so much to you, Justin, is really cool. And to, to you, Dave, as well, obviously. So I love that. It's, it makes marketing it very easy. And, it you know, it that branding of family tradition, you know, has legs to it, which is really cool. And then I came in this morning, and Jeff was bottling some of the family – or the uh, Bananas Fosters. And, God, the label just looks so cool. It really does. It's unbelievable. It's so simplistic. And, you know, your dad's font being on there is incredible and just – you know, it's so sexy. Like it's it's different from our brand, but it still kind of fits too. So I just I love every aspect of it. The branding, and the marketing is all great. I think the Banas Foster is uh is probably my favorite. I think like, really there's there's absolutely nothing I would want to change with this beer. I completely like agree. It's the viscosity, the flavor, the aromatics of it. It's just like it's it's a true Banana Foster's big barrel aged beer i just I, I i love this beer a lot so good and it's very very unique yeah right I, there, it's not a common yeah, it's well, not a very common well like you like you flavor. said to, to to lose credit with you know sourcing the the thai bananas like it just it worked out so well cuz we have gone through a lot of banana you know extracts and flavors and and uh concentrates that just aren't aren't really you know to par with us say they going to look Oh yeah, so it's all yeah, um, yeah. That was hard because uh, everybody, you know, all these bigger breweries are posted about wild type banana. So you know, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, wild type banana. So I'm getting a banana chip. I'm getting in like fruit dried bananas. Uh, I'm getting a banana puree. I'm getting all this stuff, and none of it's working. It's like this is really frustrating. Trying to find a wild type banana, and I just keep getting things like new species of banana found in the Thai jungle. I'm like, that's not. Not what I'm looking for, you guys, trying to find that wild high. And so we finally found it. And um, the, the coolest thing that also kind of helped with this was when we were tasting these barrels, there were two distinct barrels that had a very, very potent uh, banana ester to it. And so when we were going through that, my mark, you know, we always marked one specific that this had to be the banana foster base because we wanted to play off with the esters that were already included with it. Uh, on top of like it already had like a fudgy maple syrup caramel character to it, so it really helped it. But uh, more about the atom. Well said. Uh, uh, bananas. <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm I'm curious. Uh, so so Chase, your favorite is the bananas Foster. Uh, Jeff, do you have a favorite of the of the of so of the three adjuncted? Variants. Four. Well, I, I don't consider port. Uh, that's just a, it's a variant, but not an adjunct. Fair. Right? Um, the macadamia tears is, is really good, too. So it'd be between those two. But, I mean, the, uh, the cinnamon habanero hasn't quite finished up yet. I guess that's fair. Yeah, we yeah. haven't tried that. Yeah. Um, but in terms of drinkability, um, I brought uh, one of the banana, or excuse me, one of the macadamia tears uh, home. And, or no, Brie came in. My wife came in, and uh, we tried a little bit together. It's like, holy crap, it tastes like it's 8%. It's so damn smooth. That's why we don't have a low fill of it right now. <clears throat> well, there was a lot of... 
bananas. We got a couple pictures after like we bottled everything. It was like yeah, the bananas were clogging the port, and <laughs> so, so for so for me, the bananas uh, bananas Foster is my favorite. Um, but I I probably would lean towards more of the base, just for more of a traditional kind yeah. of classic oh, style, yeah. the yeah. non adjunct. I'm not a huge adjunct guy, so like really? the base, I <laughs> imagine my shock face. <laughs> oh, really? yeah. Well, it's cool to be doing batch two right now also at the same time uh-huh. with bottling and That's labeling fun. and waxing yeah. all the rest yeah and uh we've been able to baby batch two all week and um it's about the thickest beer i've ever seen in my life it's coming. we're trying to take samples out of this thing it's barely how many c's <laughs> thick with three c's oh geez and a k that's k's i thought it was supposed to be a k's like k's were cool uh matt so matt for you i i think based on our conversation i think the coconut Coconut macadamia is your favorite? Oh, macadamia is, is straight fire. Uh, the Bananas Foster has, I really liked it when we did it, the auto version of this. Uh, mm-hmm. f- or it, it was a new Tap Tuesday, right? I yeah, I think we, we, it was not barrel aged, but an adjuncted auto keg. Right. Uh, yeah. So that was, was a, that was an amazing rendition of that beer, but putting it on this thicker base, on this you know more viscous mouthfeel, thicker bodied beer, uh, really helps bring it out, and also like we've been—I didn't hear everything Luke said, but uh, about the wild Thai bananas, uh, amazing, an yeah. amazing addition to that to that beer that really helps round it out and also bring that banana flavor right to the forefront. But Macadamia Tears is by far my favorite adjunct uh, version of Family Traditions, but I think I'm right with Chase that Willet Rye is mm-hmm. just the the standard Willet mm-hmm. Rye barrel is a primo primo bottle. It's got that spice kick at the back oh, end. A little black, like black pepper yeah. spice or whatever, yeah. I I've staked my claim. Yeah, I, I, I want I want to be drowned in macadamia. <laughs> I wasn't even going to you. I already knew. Um, it's so favorite. What about you, Justin? Oh um, yeah, and Luke as well. Yeah, Luke, let's start with you. Uh, favorite one of the edges. Of the adjunct, I, I don't know. I, I probably just because of how difficult it was to banana monster. Um, just yeah. getting that, you know, getting that banana character. I mean, you, it's not. You smell it. You're like, oh, okay. Like it's to me. I, it's the first thing that popped in my head. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm saying this just as how I always feel like of any beer. Um, if a beer brings a memory to your head or to your, your mind right when you smell it, then there's something about it that's, that's good. I'm not saying that because we created it, but whenever I would smell that beer, I'd always think about, about my dad, um, banana bread and zucchini bread that he would always make. He'd always throw bananas in them, and I was, I was like, damn, this reminds me of my dad's bread. And that, that, you know, that kind of stuck with me. So that, that's kind of the reason why I really I get to kind of remind me of something special in my life. That's I, awesome. I always say that, that you know, if if a beer is invoking a memory for you, you're ultimately you know hitting way deeper than just a good beer. Like that's going to create a memory for you, and you can't go wrong with that. For sure, and that's that's what it's all about. Right? For sure, um, I would say for me, it's the bananas Foster um, is is my favorite of the adjuncts. You all are entitled to your opinion, but you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff agreed with you. Yeah, um, that's why I just my guy. We will. Uh, did, did I give a definitive answer? I thought, I thought said, there was a battle between the two. I thought you said macadamia. Yeah, you, you did say the macadamia, yeah, I believe. Yeah, it's fine. It was like that's five awesome. minutes ago. 
Yeah, I, <laughs> and, I, and I stand by that. Hey, yeah, Jeff, we'll, make a stance, bro. Right? <laughs> That's where I'm at. Don't um, be so wishy-washy. So on Black Friday, uh, some of my family is coming down for the release. So, uh, Dad, we'll get a definitive answer from you. On, yeah, yeah uh, Dave, we need okay. a definitive right. ranking of the five. Yeah. <laughs> okay. With I can do that. With descriptors. I'll expect an email Saturday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a full email. Yes. Yeah. If you want to toss back yeah. a couple, we can talk about descriptors. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about the release. I assume Danny will try to get this out before the release hits. Yeah, um, so I'm going to edit this. I'll find time over the weekend. And then we're going to go some... I, I spoke with Jeff today as far as Cement Habanero is the last one that needs to be bottled. So that's being bottled on Monday. And then we're going to go live with, you know, because the only post I have out right now is a very vague one, just kind of letting people know that we are having a Black Friday, Friday release. But uh, so we're going to go live with, like, the variants and, like, more descriptions, like, on the beer and kind of the story behind it. And and we'll do this. Uh, the bo- the label will look completely different to your point. Yep. Than anything we've done. Um, obviously excited about it. We've talked about it. Yeah. So um, all the release details are going to be there on Monday as well. We are doing it online. So um, it'll be kind of a, we'll go live Black Friday morning, eight a.m. eight a.m. and then you'll have until Sunday at five p.m. to pick up. Uh, there are limits on all of them. So the Will It Rye and the Port Barrel is three per and then the adjuncts are two per and how that works is you know you individually per email get one allotment if you want to dip into another allotment you have to find someone else to put the order in and then you'll be able to come pick up as long as you have your receipt yeah and and we are allowing proxy pickups so um you just have to denote that in the comments when you place your order um it'll have to be in, in in obviously in uh in your name, and then in the comments, you'll put whoever is, is uh, picking up for you. So I wish we were throwing a party, but me too. Yeah. we will next year. Yep, in the future, uh, we'll be able to do that. Pretty excited about it. We will have limited draft of all of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, socially distanced. Uh, yeah, so pending do, no shutdown, we'll be open on Black Friday, socially distanced out. Uh, yeah, so I recommend if you are you know going to buy bottles online and you want to come pick up, I recommend getting here you know on Friday or even Saturday to make sure you get some draft. Um, I'm assuming that's going to go pretty quick. We don't have a whole lot of any of it. Yeah, so I mean, I I believe it's it's a little bit more on the on the will it and the port, but mm-hmm. it's uh it's it's like one keg of each, and some of those are smaller kegs than the other. So it's yeah. it's a limited amount. Um, and uh, yeah, we're we're gonna have uh, a very safe uh, party to release all this. Pretty excited about it for so, sure. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't tell all of you guys. Thank you for uh, helping this. For me, come to life. Uh, very cool, all of you, uh, from a from a marketing and a, and a beer perspective, and and uh, it's pretty excited, Dad. I hope uh, I hope that uh, this is a beer that you're very proud of. Um, oh, I'm sure I will be. That sounds great. You will. You will be. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Um, all this, right, this, so this does feel special. Like it, it, it is. You know, we release a lot of really cool beers, and you know, it's really easy to get excited about a lot of them. But yeah, this is particularly cool. Like, yeah. I think a lot of breweries lean on their big stout release every year, and like ours has depth and it's really good. And the adjuncts are creative. We even have two base barrels that are incredible. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah, me too. Thanks for saying that. Um, All right, let's get into our last segment. Hit it, Nanny. Music. What are you listening to? What are you listening to? Yeah, tonight I'm 
Okay, uh, so we've got some guests on the phone, so we're going to need to explain this a little bit, I'd imagine, uh, and we got a packed house, so we're going to jam through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Sonder Stories, for those that may be listening for the first time, um, or even those that have listened to all 40, however many episodes. 45. 45. Well, this is 45. Um, something we love here just as much as beer is music, um, and it is an eclectic group. And <laughs> my goodness, uh, I would imagine today will be eclectic because we have... Uh, two, uh, between Matt and Jeff sitting over there, we have two very <laughs> rowdy differences in music uh, versus maybe, Danny, what you and I might be playing in our car. Jacob uh, on the BrewDog pod put some uh, gems on there. Yeah, Actually, that's, I, that's I, good. I added three to the playlist from him. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and to that point, we have a running playlist on Spotify uh, called Saunders Stories Playlist, I believe. Yeah, right? on Spotify. It's just um, Saunders Stories. Okay. So if you search Saunders Stories on Spotify, you're going to see the podcast pop up, but then... Under playlists, there's ours too. And I always share the link when I post the podcast. Perfect. Uh, so the point of what are you listening to is we ask everyone to just give one song you're listening to right now. Something that uh, you either have on repeat or you've listened to recently in love. Um, and for our, our new guests uh, and for those um, that haven't been on before. So uh, Nate, hop in if you want to. Uh, and Dad, if you want to. Um, maybe it, just, uh, it doesn't have to be a song you're necessarily listening to right now, but maybe one of your favorite songs of all time. So give you a little leeway there. Uh, let's give them some time to think about it since we threw them right into the segment. Matt, Jeff, you guys got pumped when the music played. Why don't you go ahead and start? Uh, we'll kick you off. One of you guys. Uh, these guys do love music. Yes. I was about to say, we are, we are the, the backbone of Sonder music downstairs, at least. Oof. Um, Debatable. Uh, he said downstairs. Right. downstairs. He said downstairs. 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 Okay, fair, fair. <laughs> uh, my, song, my song this time around is going to be called You Ain't the Problem. Uh, I'm trying to give you a name. It's Michael... You love it so much you don't know the artist. I don't know the artist that much. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, I, Michael, oh gosh, Kiwanuka, K-I-W-A-N-U-K-A. Okay. You ain't the problem. Noted. You ain't the problem. Michael Kiwanuka. Kiwanuka. All right. Bless you. Can be found on the Sonder Stories podcast on Spotify. Jeff? Lovely. Um, so I'm going to do... Um, a song by, I did Leo Kotke last week, and I'm going to do him again, but it's Leo and Mike okay. uh, together. Uh, the bass is from Fish and Leo Kotke. So it's a version of them doing Sweet Emotion, the old Ooh. Aerosmith song, but it's a super I, funky little version. Of it. I had a hard time finding your song on Spotify <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. I bet you did. Jeff's just challenging you. I had to text you. I was like, I've searched everything. I have no idea what I'm looking for. <laughs> Well, you That's got it, fantastic. you got it. Yeah, I, I eventually version. found it, yeah. So yeah, it's Leo and Mike um, doing Sweet Emotion. They they just let, released an album today. Okay. Leo's like 75 years old, and he nice. released an album with the basses from Fish when he's 75, which is pretty cool. But That's I haven't dope. listened to it, so I can't play one of those songs yet. Uh, Chase? Uh, I'm going to go Sublime, What I Got. Nice. Yay! I've been listening to it since I was a young punk, and... An old standard. That song. that song is an absolute banger. That's we talked about eliciting a memory when you drink a beer. Right. Uh, that song takes me to an exact memory of when I was in high school and I was an idiot and I thought I could try to skateboard. And I was. This is a true story. I uh, <laughs> I I uh, went through this stupid phase. I uh, yeah, it was ridiculous. 
And um, I wore like Jinko jeans, you know, and had yeah. Jeff. I know you still wear them. It's okay. Some I had Etnies. Jinko jeans are just regular jeans for they're Jeff. Re- they're really well Listening made. Listening to grunge music. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Punk rock and grunge music and Blood and Bush. Sublime. So I wiped out. I was at a skate park. Uh, and I was listening, I had headphones. Now they were like the headphones that went over your ears, but not the cool ones. You know what I mean? Like the ones that came with a with a the disc Walkman thing. A what? Uh, yeah, you would not know that. <laughs> Danny, a Walkman was what what people wore that had a cassette tape in it. It had a bunch of wires and stuff. Yes, weird. And then, and then a little later, they came out with the one that had CDs in it. What's a CD? Yeah, exactly. CD Compact yes. disc. Uh, and I was listening to Sublime. What I got? You guys uh, didn't have music on your phones back then. <laughs> we didn't have phones, bro. Those weren't invented yet. Yeah, nobody had phones. I had the Nokia with the antenna that was direct. <laughs> oh, those things were indestructible. Oh, you could yeah. throw them through the windshield and pick it up in the back seat with you still on the call. And they would last like two weeks with one battery charge, literally. Yeah. And two they weeks. had. Snake on it. Snake was the dopest oh, cell so phone game. That. It's like those so things and cockroaches that would make it through a nuclear bomb. That's like, true. Yeah. So, so Danny, you never actually had a text where one letter would take sometimes three push of the same button. You never did that, mm-hmm. did you? Oh. He never had buttons, probably. I no, I had the I had the slide. Like I had like the Android like slide phones where it was like the full keyboard for a little oh. bit. So like my first phone was like the, uh, it was like a flip up. It was like the front face looked like a normal phone, but then you flipped it up and it had another screen and a whole keyboard. Yep. Was that the LG chocolate? No, it was. Uh, <laughs> I think I had the LG chocolate. Actually. It was like, no, it was like the LG. It's like really sexy branding. I remember. Wait, Matt, yeah. did you yes. ever, did you ever have the cell phone where you had to punch in like, you know, like one for ABC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. If, you're, if you're typing, I'll call you. It's like 59 yeah. different buttons. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you hit it too early, it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Which right. one of y'all had a pager? Oh, what's I a pager? I don't have a pager. I never had a pager. You had a pager? I did. Oh, you were you were doing. All I things. found it in the woods. Leave me alone. <laughs> y'all know why you had a pager? How'd you yeah. figure out the number? Yeah, I know why you had a pager as well. Yeah, yeah, you, you got had multiple pagers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Burners. Uh, my song, uh, my song is uh by chris stapleton uh who's who sings the nice. is the intro here in the, uh called starting over I, I i love that song it's it's really really good um stapleton feels yeah I, I love chris stapleton man he's so good danny uh mine is rescue by johnny two phones okay Kind of a is that real. Is that a real thing? Yeah. <laughs> why does he have two phones? Yeah, we know why he has two phones. <laughs> I listen to music from this century. The same reason so. you had a beeper. Right. <laughs> yeah. In all fairness, you had to look him up too. Yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I knew it was like Johnny. I knew it was two phones. Something I didn't. Re- I didn't remember if it was Johnny or not. But yeah, uh, Luke. Did we lose Luke and Nate? Did they oh, pop off? No. They're still on. Oh, I only have... Oh, shoot. Did they hop off? I only have your dad right now. All right. All right, Luke. Dad, it's up to you. Wrap it up. What's uh, Give us a song. I'll text Luke. Oh, let's see. Oh, what I'm listening to now would be probably Morgan Wallen, the More Than My Hometown. Oh, there you go. That's a great song. That's a banger. What is it? It's More Than My Hometown by Morgan Wallen. Oh, yeah. yep. Great song. Love it. All right. Um, thank you guys very much. Uh, dad, thanks for coming on. Um, I know you weren't overly excited about it because uh, it's not really your thing, but I really appreciate it. You can tell I don't say a whole lot. That's all right. That's great. That's all right. Um, 
Can't wait to see you next week. Um, we'll party. Oh, same here. Same here. All right. Um, thank you. Oh, yeah, I need some beer. Make sure Justin has beer in his glass. Chase would get very mad. Chase just chugged his to get more. Maybe. Cheers, y'all. All right, cheers, guys. Thank you, guys. Yes.